Now when the Pharisees and some of the scribes who'd come from Jerusalem gathered around Jesus, they noticed that some of his disciples were eating with defiled hands, that is, without washing them. For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they thoroughly wash their hands, thus observing the tradition of the elders. And they do not eat anything from the market unless they wash it. And there are also many other traditions that they observe, the washing of cups, pots, and bronze kettles. So the Pharisees and the scribes asked Jesus, why do your disciples not live according to the tradition of the elders, but eat with defiled hands? He said to them, Isaiah prophesied rightly about you hypocrites. As it is written, this people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching human precepts as doctrines. You abandon the commandment of God and hold to human tradition. And he called the crowd again and said to them, listen to me, all of you, and understand. There's nothing outside a person that by going in can defile. But the things that come out are what defile. For it is from within, he said, from the human heart that evil intentions come. Fornication, theft, murder, adultery, avarice, wickedness, deceit, licentiousness, envy, slander, pride, folly. All these evil things come from within, and they defile a person. The Gospel of the Lord. We love when Jesus lets the Pharisees have it, don't we? When they say something stupid or selfish or unholy or self-righteous and Jesus puts them in their place with the well-cited, perfectly placed piece of Holy Scripture. He does it more than once in the Gospels, and it's awesome. He calls them blind guides and blind fools. He compares them to a brood of vipers and whitewashed tombs. It's one of the ways I want to be more like Jesus. And that's what he's up to this morning. The scribes and the Pharisees are getting after Jesus for letting his disciples eat with defiled hands. For not washing them first as their history, as their tradition, as their elders instructed them to do. This wasn't just about cleanliness and hygiene and COVID-19 stuff. The hand washing they were after, these Pharisees, had as much to do with the religious rituals and piety. So the Pharisees and the scribes were pointing out the supposed sinfulness of Jesus and his disciples for not playing along. So Jesus pulls that quote from the prophet Isaiah, and he uses it to call them all hypocrites. Hypocrites. Because the Pharisees and the scribes and religious people of all stripes were using the letter of the law to shame and to scare and to pass judgment on others who didn't follow it. While they, 
themselves, the scribes, the Pharisees, the religious folks of all stripes, had plenty to be ashamed of, too. There's this interesting bit of scripture. You notice that the gospel reading for today jumps all over the place in the seventh chapter of Mark. But there's this little interesting bit of scripture that's removed for some reason where Jesus gets specific about one of the examples that he's charging the Pharisees with. He calls the Pharisees out for creating this loophole, if you will, where they could avoid the commandment to honor their father and their mother by declaring that a portion of their income that they would, could, and should be using to care for their elders as korban or as this offering designated to God. In other words, maybe they didn't want to pay for mom's nursing home, so they designated a portion of their money as holy, sacred, and blessed by the synagogue, so that it was off-limits for such worldly purposes. Pretty sneaky, right? And we know they threw stones to the Pharisees, literally threw stones at women and girls for adultery and for divorce and for prostitution in ways that men like them didn't have to suffer. Hypocrites. And they declared food unclean, and people unworthy, and sins unforgivable, which is really what this is all about, where Jesus and his disciples are concerned in the end. These religious people were so good at pointing fingers and casting judgment and declaring who was in or who was out or who was loved or who was not or who was chosen or who was damned and all the rest. And Jesus' point, I think, is that it's easier to fight and to point fingers and to choose sides and to cast judgment about the stuff that's outside that we can see than it is to look within ourselves, let alone wonder what's within the heart of our neighbor, too. For the Pharisees, this outside stuff that left a person clean or unclean or not was stuff like hand-washing, doing the dishes, apparently, too. All those dietary laws that they had to follow. Who was sleeping with who? For us, these days, the outside stuff seems to be masks. Vaccines, political parties, and still, too much of the time, who's sleeping with who? We can throw all the proverbial stones we want, and we do. We are as good at it as the Pharisees some of the time. But the genius of God in Jesus is that because he looked so much like those Pharisees, because he looks so much like you and me, Jesus compels us to look in the mirror every once in a while and deeper into our own heart of hearts too. 
where are we throwing stones when we could be offering mercy? Like, maybe that person isn't connected to a community of faith because they've never been invited before. Or because they've been burned badly by the last time they tried. Where are we casting judgment when we could be asking better questions? Like, is it a coincidence that four of the states in our country with the lowest levels of COVID-vaccinated people are also among those ranked lowest in education? Where am I arguing about what's on the outside instead of trying to understand, forgive, maybe even heal what's on the inside. Like, maybe that really angry, arrogant, ignorant, naive social media rant is the only vehicle for being heard that that someone on your social media feed has at their disposal. Where am I getting angry when I could be turning the other cheek? Where am I being more proud than humble? More afraid than faithful? Where am I being more selfish than self-sacrificing? When, where, and why would Jesus let me have it? Just like he did those Pharisees and scribes and other religious people. Back in the day. There's a line in a Brandy Carlisle song called Looking Out, where she sings, Some people get religion, some people get the truth. Brandy Carlisle, a lesbian woman herself, was denied the waters of baptism as a teenager because of her sexuality. And she sings about how she never got the truth. And I think that's the case for too many people in our world these days. Some people get religion. Some people get the truth. Misguided religion draws lines in between and divides based on differences. Faith and truth draw a gathering circle around and celebrate those same differences. Misguided religion finds faults and flaws. Faith and truth promise forgiveness. Misguided religion stokes fear. Faith and truth offer hope. Misguided religion points fingers, faith and truth lend a hand. Misguided religion does the same old, same old just because it's always been done the same old, same old way. Faith and truth get out of the boat and try new things. Misguided religion counts sins, keeps score. Faith and truth count blessings. Misguided religion lives in scarcity. 
faith and truth, trust in God's abundance. Some people get religion. Some people get the truth. The Pharisees in Jesus' day were all about religion. Jesus was, Jesus is all about the way and the truth and the life. The way of discipleship that calls us to follow in his loving footsteps. The truth of God's grace for the ways we will stumble and fall and fail as we go. And the life everlasting that belongs to each and every one of us because we all belong to him. Amen.